Welcome to Sports with Chris Rawl. I'm Chris Rawl, and I'm here to talk about sports. On today's show, the chase for a championship and how the only way to break through is to keep trying to break through. We start today with words from Bill Connolly of ESPN. It remains one of college football's classic what-ifs. In 1978, Nebraska head coach Tom Osborne, frustrated by his own inability to get over the hump in the national title race, and presumably by fans' own frustration with this, seriously considered taking the Colorado job for a fresh start. He chose to remain in Lincoln, where he continued to not quite get over the hump for a while longer. Over his first 21 seasons in charge in Lincoln, Osborne's Huskers finished in the AP Top 10 14 times, but never won a national title. Then they won three in four years. Osborne remains the ultimate case study for something I feel I've written a thousand times by now. The only way to break through is to just keep trying to break through. Keep fielding really good football teams, address needs as you find them, learn from setbacks, keep knocking on the door, and hope that fate smiles on you eventually. It eventually did in the 22nd, 23rd, and 25th years of Osborne's career. End quote. So I came into this at the tail end of Osborne's tenure. I've talked about that on the show. Um, I came in in 1993. That's when I became a Nebraska fan, when they lost to Florida State in the national title game. This is the 21st season of Osborne's coaching tenure. And I couldn't possibly comprehend how incredible the Tom Osborne story was up until that point and what it would turn into over the next four years when he finished with three national championships in his last four seasons after striking out for those first 21. Uh, I, I was just into the football that they played and I thought it was cool and that kind of stuff. But now that I'm an adult and I've been able to follow this stuff a lot more closely and understand uh, just the way that programs work and the way that if championships are not found, uh, the impatience that that a program can react with, it's an incredible story. Especially if you compare it to present day. Uh, the patience that needed to exist in order for Tom Osborne to coach for 25 years and win three national championships, but at the very end, it's almost unfathomable compared to what we know in present day across all sports. But in college football, you look at your blue blood programs and they're churning through coaches every couple of years, every coaching cycle. It seems like there's five incredible jobs that are open. And then two years later, the same thing. Uh, you think about the Tom Osborne story and look at a program like Texas and you just go, well, this team seems like they're going through a crisis every two years and they have a new coach and they're throwing this out the door and that. Again, it, it seems incredible to look at a program where one coach stayed there for 25 years and over the first 21, came very close a lot of times. 14 different times AP Top 10. Which, interestingly enough, knowing the way that the mind of the fan works, the mind of the media member works, and a lot of times the, the way that the people who build these teams, the way that their minds work, that almost is held against you more than if you just sustained a level of mediocrity or slightly above mediocrity. Eight wins, nine wins, that kind of stuff. It's held against you less than if you're close over and over and you do not win. Um, 
speaking of present day, there's there's a pretty reasonable case to be made that societally speaking, and obviously that trickles down into sports, on a societal scale, we've never been less patient. I personally believe that. Uh, it seems like there's been a drastic uptick in the general impatience just in society over the course of my lifetime, which is only 35 years. It's give me everything now. And it's give me everything, period. Just all of it at the same time. It's gorging on Thanksgiving and showing up the next day for Black Friday and buying the whole world and then showing up two days later online and buying the whole world for Cyber Monday. It's kind of ingrained within the way that we live our lives. It's just everything now. Everything now. And if I don't get it, okay, we'll just burn it to the ground and I will. Now, unless you are the luckiest person on planet Earth, that's not really how things work. Again, on a societal scale or when it trickles down into sports. And that really calls to mind that line from Bill Conley. The only way to break through is to just keep trying to break through. I firmly believe that as well. Constant theme of how I approach life and how I watch sports and how I think championship teams are created. Now, interestingly enough, I got my start professionally in the business world. My job was to interview founders, executives, CEOs, just a lot of people involved with the business world. To interview them, write stories, podcasts, that kind of stuff. And I'm talking a wide range of these types of people. Early stage founders with eight employees at their disposal and basically an idea, all the way up to billion dollar enterprises. And the process that went into building and flushing out that company. I talked to all of these people over the course of years and years and years. And within the business world, this idea is understood, it's touted. It's, it's kind of something that is just taken for granted on the journey to getting better. The only way to break through is to keep trying to break through. It's a common refrain. Maybe not in those words, but the idea is very common. Failure, you hear that word a lot. It's one of the greatest buzzwords in business to the point where a lot of people joke about it because that's what all of your entrepreneurs and founders and CEOs, they're touting. They're saying, yeah, you got to try, you got to fail. You got to try, you got to fail. And only after enough failure are you going to break through. It's understood. This is the process. Uh, you got to keep trying and you're going to fail a lot. And over the course of time, if you apply yourself and work and you have a good idea and you have competence and then on a smaller scale, you just need fate to smile on you, well, then you're going to turn into Amazon or Facebook or all these big enterprises that we know now in present day. That's not a snap your fingers and it's suddenly the Amazon that we know. It's the process of the only way to break through is to just keep trying to break through. So it's accepted in that world, which was interesting to speak about, to hear these people's stories and hear that refrain just talked about at great length and apply it into the other part of my life that I've just followed passionately. And now I also talk about professionally sports because somehow in that world, whether from the perspective of the builders of teams or the fans of these teams, sports kind of takes the opposite approach. It's that impatience that I talked about. It's this thing must be changed now uh, because the ultimate outcome wasn't to my liking. 
We didn't win a championship. Burn it down. Change it. We got we to gotta do all sorts of stuff. Even if the logical mind can understand how fickle outcomes can be. That's why I think that this is interesting that it hasn't been fully ingrained in sports in a way it has been in business. Because I think a lot of people, when you say, well, let's talk about this logically for a second, I, I think they would all agree. Yeah, the ultimate outcome can be really fickle. Common theme of this show, common theme of how I watch sports. It's the bounce of a ball, it's a ref's call, it's a puck off the post. It's all the stuff that keeps me up at night. It's the margins, it's everything I talk about pretty much in every show that I do. It's also all the stuff that separates a team that breaks through from a team that the more playoff losses pile up, people believe cannot. Very interesting to note, right? Just the separation between a team that has broken through and a team that has not, it could be a bounce of a ball. It could be a ref's call at the wrong time. It could be a puck off the post. It could be all these minuscule margin plays. But if it goes against you, the tendency is... This is not working. This cannot work. We must burn it down. And if it works, then we say, what an incredible vision. This is the right way to build a team. So most sports fans and most media personalities and within the team building uh, community, if you want to call it that, I think there's still a lot of people within that that want to burn down the world if a championship is not won. Despite, first of all, our ability to comprehend this in other areas of life quite easily. And despite, number two, examples every year of this exact concept. Try, fail, try, fail. That's how you find your path. It's the idea of iterating over and over. Again, more businessy in those terms, but it's the same concept. The only way to break through is to just keep trying to break through. We have so many examples every single year. So I'm thinking about this and I just, I'm going through our literal current champions in multiple sports. And I'm thinking these, I mean, that this is a great example. It's bizarre that this isn't more widely accepted in the world of sports. The defending NBA champions, the team that also looks like so far the best team in basketball this year when they've been healthy is the Milwaukee Bucks. And they followed that path. They make the playoffs in 2017 and 2018 and they lose in the first round in both years. doesn't really matter. Nobody really cares because expectations were small. They were a 42 and a 44 win team those years. They just were kind of coming on. It was like, ah, oh, this is a cool story. This Giannis guy, he seems like he's getting pretty good. But expectations come starting in 2019 because they win 60 games in the regular season. They're 16-22. They lose in the Eastern Conference Finals to Toronto. They're up 2-0 in that series. Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors come roaring back. They win in six games. And even based upon that year, questions start popping up. And there's just, again, this is a talk show thing. This is a fan discussion thing because of the way that we don't widely acknowledge uh, the, the try and the fail and the try and the fail in sports in a way that we do in business or in other areas. Do we got, I mean, is this, can this team really win? I don't know. They won 60 games, but that's regular season. They don't really seem like they're built for the playoffs. These are common things. And, and I'm one of the people who's discussing them. I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, can you win with Giannis as your best player? I think so, but he's got flaws that you can clearly pinpoint. And I don't know, the construct of the team's a little bit weird. Do you, should they trade this? Should they do that? Just a lot of discussion. The next year, they're also very good. 2020, they're 56 and 17. They lose in the Eastern Conference semifinals to the Miami Heat. Pretty outclassed in that series. 
turns into a burn it down off season. This is two years that we're talking about realistically for people's expectations of this team. Crazy to look at the Tom Osborne story, which was 21 years of this and compare it to just the frenzy that we can get whipped into in present day. Two years, the Bucs have been good in the regular season. They've lost in the playoffs, once in the Eastern Conference Finals, once in the Eastern Conference Semis. So now the torch and pitchforks are out and the mob's going, we got to burn it down. It's just, this team can't win in the, this team just can't win in the playoffs. There's too many things going on. So they tweak a little bit, they iterate a little bit, but the core stuff, it stays the same. You know, on the fringes, they're trading for Drew Holiday. They don't fire Mike Budenholzer as their coach. Um, in 2021, they're playing the Brooklyn Nets and their backs are against the wall. They're down 3-2 in that series and it's a pretty incredible sliding doors moment because if things don't go their way in game six and game seven and they end up going Milwaukee's way, including an incredible series of events in game seven at the end of regulation and in overtime, probably 15 different swing plays, the most notable being Kevin Durant hitting what everybody thought was a game winner and his foot was on the line, so it sent it to overtime rather than being a one-point victory. But if things don't go their way in those games... I can guarantee you, I can assure you without a shadow of a doubt that this team is rearranged in drastic ways because that's just the way that we kind of work, societally speaking. And it trickles down into sports. And if you've gone three years, which is not a long time at all, when you understand the things that decide the ultimate outcome and just how fickle all that stuff can be, you understand, yeah, you could be a fantastic team for three years and not win. You could, that's just, that's the way of the world. Uh, how many businesses have great ideas and great people backing them and it takes a long, 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 long time to get up and off the ground? That's half of the people that I spoke to that have churned out these billion-dollar companies. It wasn't a snap and a flourish. It was try, fail, try, fail, 10-year runway. So Milwaukee, it's a three-year stretch. They beat the Nets. They obviously go on to win the title. But it's interesting to note in the context of today's conversation that, you know, this is a three-year stretch <laughs> where every single one of those years, 2019, 2020, 2021, every single year, while it was going on, after the first two years had ended, the majority of people, they're clamoring to burn it down. They're clamoring because they don't have what it takes to win a championship. Uh, they, they haven't broken through, so you just gotta, you gotta burn it to the ground. A stunning lack of what I believe to be true. The only way to break through is to keep breaking through. Bill Conley, remember. Again, it makes the Tom Osborne story seem like a fairy tale that you could condense that much angst and impatience into three years and understand that the Tom Osborne story was seven times that, 21 years before the breakthrough actually occurred. And then the ball really got rolling and it was three national championships in four years. Um, we have other current champions that are, are living proof of the idea. Again, why I think it's bizarre that this just isn't a widely accepted fact and makes it easier for people, fans and builders of teams to swallow playoff losses because you understand, well, didn't go our way this year, but again, the only way to break through is to keep trying to break through. So just run it back next year on a core level 
We can iterate around the edges, but we have something good here. We just haven't won yet. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. They're on the short list of Stanley Cup contenders this year. They are living proof of the concept. They have the exact same progression as the Milwaukee Bucks, just over a slightly longer time frame. They put themselves in position to break through, and they didn't from 2015 to 2019. They're an outstanding hockey team in four of those five years. One year, they barely missed the playoffs. The other four years, they're amongst the best in the league, including in 2019 when they are one of the best regular season teams in the history of hockey. Just torched the regular season and then are swept in the first round by the Columbus Blue Jackets in one of the biggest postseason upsets in NHL history. And that's the burn it down offseason. Because how could this team possibly break through if <laughs> over the stretch of five years when they were a really good team and four of them, they haven't won a Stanley Cup? Oh, how We have to burn it down. They just haven't been able to break through. Again, a stunning lack of understanding of sports. Hockey is as fickle a sport as you could possibly find. You want to talk about margin plays, you would just drown in the amount of them in any individual playoff game. So you just put yourself in place. You hope that you're going to break through. Tampa, they trust the vision. They make tweaks around the edges, but they keep the core in place. All of the talent that they've accumulated, that a lot of people are clamoring and saying, <laughs> this team, I mean, you got you need more grit and you got to go win puck battles in the corner. And what do they think they're doing? They got too much talent. An incredible idea and observation that a lot of people talked about in regards to the Tampa Bay Lightning. The idea that they had too much hockey talent and they needed people who were worse at hockey that could act as the, the glue that, that binds. Uh, I had some conversations about this with people who don't watch hockey as much and they're just like, I don't get what's going on in this sport. Why are people mad that this team has too much talent? How is that preventing them from winning? And I'm like, it's not. It's just that this is some of the way that cavemen people in hockey like to talk in a way that there's a lot of cavemen in all sports, but there's a decent subset within the world of hockey that they believe it should be played like it was in 1980, where you have 10 fights a game and the toughest person is supposed to win the Stanley Cup. So Tampa trusts the vision. The next two seasons, you know the story. They win the Stanley Cup two years ago in the bubble last year. Uh, and that leads to a complete about face from the general hockey public. Tampa Lightning, now they are widely praised by hockey fans, by hockey media, uh, for their vision, for their team building, for their ability to be good at hockey, for their ability to accumulate talent at hockey, which, as it turns out, does help you win at hockey. Shocking concepts, all of them. Uh, but also a very interesting contrast to what the general consensus was about this team after the Columbus sweep in 2019. This was the burn it down of all burn it downs. I remember very clearly, general consensus was, if you can't even get out of the first round in this year when you were that good in the regular season, you won 60 games, and then you were swept in the first round against the Columbus Blue Jackets, you're never going to win. Tampa Bay Lightning? Well, the only way to break through is to keep trying to break through. The defending World Series champions in baseball, the Atlanta Braves. They are 
possibly the best proof of concept of this idea. Uh, the Braves have been mocked by baseball fans for their ability to come oh so close and not be able to close the deal. A very strange thing that I just can't get over in my mind. The idea that if you have a very good team and are not able to break through, that that is worse than if you just are mediocre or bad and occasionally good, but we don't see you there every single year in the playoffs, trying and trying and failing. Somehow that is the worst thing that you could ever do in the mind of a fan. Oh, this team, they, they make the playoffs all the time, but they can't win. They're not a winning franchise. They don't have winning players or coaches. All of the stuff that drives me insane. The Braves, they're, they're that. From 1991 to 2005, the Atlanta Braves, they are the most consistent team in baseball. They make the playoffs every single year within that time frame. They win over 100 regular season games in six of those seasons. So an incredible sustained stretch of excellence for 15 years. Not easy to do in any sport. But here's the knock. Because we love measuring in the most binary black and white terms. Did you win? Was the ultimate outcome in your favor? If not, screw you. You need to go and burn it down and do something else. They only win one championship in that span, 1995. Which again made, it turned the Braves into more of a joke rather than an acknowledgement that, damn, this is really incredible. This team is really good. And this is proof that Man, it's really hard to win championships in sports. You can be this good over this long of a period of time and only win one. We see that across the board in a lot of sports. So the Braves go through some lean years, but then they have a resurgence over the last four years. Put together a young core, a lot of talent, and, and they make the playoffs these last four years. A year ago, looks like they're on the way to the World Series. They're up 3-1 in the NLCS against the Dodgers, and they blow a 3-1 lead. Dodgers come roaring back, win the last three games, go on to win the World Series. And this leads to the same old Braves refrain. Just, ah, there's something embedded in the DNA of this franchise. There's nobody here who has anything to do with what was going on in the 90s. But yeah, let's just somehow connect these two things and say, there's something buried within this franchise that you can't possibly explain, but it means they're just going to be good, but not good enough. They're not capable of breaking through. They're always there which we hate because they're not winning. The ultimate outcome is not going in their favor. So this past season, they battle injuries all year, up and down the roster. I mean, it seems like half their team's out at one point. doesn't seem like they're going to make the playoffs early on. Then they come roaring back. Things kind of fall into place with some trades, that kind of stuff. They squeak into the playoffs. They have the, they have the worst record of any team going into this year's MLB playoffs. The worst record. Okay. We're talking about the worst version of the Braves over the last four years, if you were just judging it upon the largest sample size. And despite that, putting themselves in position, it pays off. Just keep trying to break through. That idea, it pays off in the biggest way. In a very improbable run to a World Series title. They end up beating the Astros in the World Series. And everybody celebrates. And we do the about face that we do with the Milwaukee Bucks, that we did with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now we're doing with the Atlanta Braves. Oh man, this is this is a really cool story. Cinderella-ish. 
But you saw flashes of this. We understood, you know, there was a lot of pieces in place over these last four years. We saw these young players rise. And even though some of them weren't there because of injuries, we just understood this was a team on the rise. And yeah, now they caught fire at the right time. And they're World Series champions. And I see that and I hear that and I go, yes, that is true. That is proof of the concept. The only way to break through is to just keep trying to break through. That's how this stuff kind of works, as it turns out. Uh, it's an acknowledgement that your best teams don't always win the title. That's why you adhere to this philosophy. You just put yourself in position over and over and over and over and over. There's so many examples. Just off the top of my head, I was thinking about a few of them. The 2011 Dallas Mavericks, that's a great one. Because their best team was not in 2011. There was multiple teams within the mid-2000s that I believe were better for the Dallas Mavericks. Especially the 2007 one that was the number one seed in the entire NBA and then was upset by the Golden State Warriors in round one. But the 2011 Dallas Mavericks, they put themselves in position. And nobody thought they were going to win any of the series they ended up winning. Even in the first round. Much less... When they're playing in the second round against Kobe and the Lakers, and everybody goes, they're not going to win this, and they sweep them. And then they're playing the up-and-coming Oklahoma City Thunder, and everybody's like, well, they're not going to beat them. Look, at there's Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, and they beat them. And then LeBron and Wade are waiting in the finals, and everybody goes, this is a cool story, but they're not going to beat them. And then suddenly, they're NBA champions, and we all celebrate the idea behind how they won a championship without fully comprehending it and applying it across sports. When we see other teams that have been in position but have not yet broken through. 2011 Dallas Mavericks, great proof of concept. The 2006 Indianapolis Colts, great proof of concept. Peyton Manning, that entire team, they carried the, the heavy burden for many years of, well, this team's great in the regular season. They put up cool numbers offensively, but they don't have what it takes. Look, they keep losing to the Patriots in the playoffs. And they just keep putting themselves in position. And 2006, they beat the Patriots and Tom Brady in the AFC title game in a great comeback. And then they beat the Bears in the Super Bowl, and we celebrate. We go, well, yeah, of course, this team should be a champion. They're really good. And they've been there really close. And as it turns out, fate smiled on them now, and they're winners. <laughs> it's, the, it's the 1997 Denver Broncos with John Elway. I talked about them a little bit when I was uh, speaking, I believe, last week about Brett Favre and the Packers. But the Broncos with Elway over and over, put themselves in position again and again and again. And they had not broken through until the last two years of his career, 1997 against the Pack, 1998 against the Falcons. Both great proof of concept. The only way to break through is to keep trying to break through. That doesn't always work out. You know, one of his contemporaries is Dan Marino at the Miami Dolphins. And that team put themselves in position a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And they ultimately were not able to break through. And now the narrative of that team and especially that individual player is not, oh, he was really good and he could have won a Super Bowl, but for whatever reason, a lot of it just being probably fickle outcomes, he wasn't able to. Instead of just acknowledging that and moving on, a lot of people would tell you in present day, well, yeah, I mean, Elway was a winner and that's why he won. You know, he just had something that Marino didn't. Marino just couldn't will his team to victory. Um... Speaking of the NFL, my own favorite team, they're, they're very similar to the Atlanta Braves because they've gone through a Braves-like spell. 
And I think it's very cool and impressive. And there's a lot of people, this is a common discussion point amongst uh, talking heads and, and television shows when they want to talk about the Packers. But from 1992 to present, Farvin Rogers have just guaranteed a level of excellence for the Green Bay Packers. That's the bonus of having MVP signal callers under center for nearly three decades. Credible run for the Packers as a franchise. Tied into, again, having those two people. What was around them a lot of the time, maybe not ideal, but Favre and Rodgers guarantee you a level of excellence. And that's what the Packers have enjoyed. Now, this has been held against them because a lot of people point and laugh, and again, this is a common talking point that I hear. Isn't two championships in that time a failure? Isn't that just an incredible whiff? You know, Favre won against the Patriots in the mid-90s. Rodgers won one against the Steelers in 2010. That's They've only won two Super Bowls. And for nearly three decades, they've always been in the playoffs, around the playoff picture, knocking at the door, all that kind of stuff. Isn't two championships in that time of failure? That's what I hear talked about. Which drives me nuts because I go, absolutely not. Uh Quarterbacks are great. A lot of the stuff around them maybe hasn't always been great, but you trust the vision. You understand we have been a little bit unlucky relative to the position we have continually put ourselves in. Maybe we should have another Super Bowl or two more Super Bowls. Yeah, that's part of how this stuff works. Sometimes it goes your way and sometimes it does not. The things that you cannot control. But you trust the vision. The only way to break through is to keep trying to break through. So maybe this is the year. That's threaded through the 2021 Packers season. I think they're very good. I guarantee you they can win a Super Bowl this year. They probably will not because it's very hard to win a Super Bowl. And even the best team going into the playoffs, if you look at Vegas odds, it's pretty much probably a 15-ish percent chance that they are going to win the Super Bowl. It's really hard to win. But you trust the vision. Put yourself in position again and again and again and again. And eventually, you believe you have to that you will break through. So I've talked about these teams that have been winning. We have three examples right now that are current champions within sports. And the opposite side of the coin are the teams who have not broke through but have been there for a while. And now, because their sustained excellence has not resulted in a championship, they are being questioned. They're going through this Verbal baptism by fire that fans love pouring on, that media members love pouring on. And there's a whole hell of a lot of those. But for purposes of today's discussion, I want to concentrate in on two. Because I think they're really clear representations of what I'm talking about. The first is the Gonzaga Bulldogs, college basketball. Mark Few, he takes over as coach in 2000. And his first two years, Gonzaga makes the Sweet 16. They're applauded. Scrappy underdogs. Cool story. Crazy, man. But over the course of the next two decades, Mark Few builds up the most improbable powerhouse you could ever possibly imagine. Small West Coast school that nobody expects anything from. They turn into a powerhouse in the world of college basketball. So now... In their last six NCAA tournament appearances, 
Gonzaga has made two Sweet 16s, two Elite 8s, and two runner-up finishes in the national title game. Incredible run of excellence. They put themselves in position to break through, and they have come up short, including the national title game last year against Baylor. A game that Baylor most definitely dominated and kind of overwhelmed Gonzaga after Gonzaga had been what most people believe was the best team in college basketball throughout that season. So instead of being like, okay, there's something really good in place with Gonzaga, and you just, you know, you maybe clean up some of the stuff on the edges, but the core philosophy, the core belief, the idea behind this team that has led them to success over the last two decades, that's obviously working. We just haven't been able to break through. Instead of that being spoken about, one of the narratives coming out of this game was this team cannot break through. Baylor was too athletic, and and maybe Gonzaga just, they're not necessarily built to win a championship, despite the fact that the last six times they've made the NCAA tournament, the worst they've done is make the Sweet 16. I believe that that's just a shocking lack of understanding when it comes to how success is found in life, in business, in sports. The other team, and the one that I've been thinking about the most lately because the college football playoff is approaching, and I've spoken to this a little bit on a different show, is the Georgia Bulldogs. They're looking to break through in the playoff. They've had a sustained run of excellence. In the five years, Kirby Smart has been coach. If you want to go further back and include the 15 years of Mark Richt before him, it's the same thing, a really incredible run of excellence for the Georgia Bulldogs football program but everybody loves to piss on them because they've not been able to break through. So they have a similar Gonzaga-style moment within this season. They smash the regular season. They're more dominant than any team by leaps and bounds. Then they go to the SEC title game. Big Bad Alabama's waiting, and they get dismantled by the Crimson Tide. It's kind of echoes of that Gonzaga-Baylor game. The dominant regular season washed away in a flash. And some of the talking points coming out of that game, very similar. This team can't break through. Can you really have this style of vision that Kirby Smart has for his program? We're going to out-recruit Bama. We're going to out-physical Bama. We're going to play not the most cutting edge of offenses and, and win with that in present day. All of these things. A lot of questions about this. But Georgia gets in this season what Gonzaga did not. They get the chance to make amends within the same season. Because of the dominant regular season, they are still going to the playoff. They will play Michigan. If they beat them, they will play the winner of Alabama and Cincinnati. Alabama is a two-touchdown favorites. They will probably be the team that is waiting. So they get a chance to make amends. And I want everybody to make note of what I'm talking about right now in present day and think about it as the playoff is going on. Because if Georgia wins, we will celebrate the vision. We will applaud all of the things I just spoke about. Incredible stuff from Kirby Smart. The recruiting, the outbamaing Bama. I mean, just proof of concept. It's great. It's good coaching. It's smart. It's visionary stuff. And if they lose, there is going to be a lot of commentary on whether or not, and most people will settle on not, there will be a lot of commentary about whether or not Georgia can truly break through their ceiling. Which is weird. Very weird, in my opinion. Uh, because... Patience is a virtue. That's a widely accepted phrase. I think everybody would just say, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, 
I think that patience without limit, that can be detrimental in certain instances, but anything short of that, I do believe, yes, patience is a virtue. Think back to the Tom Osborne story. Uh, an incredible what-if moment. He takes the Colorado job, or if Nebraska gets fed up and fires him after they lose the national title game in 1983 on a two-point conversion at the end, or they keep knocking at the door, and they lose in the mid-80s and on to Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's winning national championships, and Nebraska wants to fire him. There's so much stuff threaded into that story. But one of the overarching themes is patience is a virtue. When you have someone in place that you know is good and they have not yet broken through. Um, Osborne's record and run, it spoke for itself before he had won national championships. He was always there. We have the Atlanta Braves. We have the Milwaukee Bucks. We have the Tampa Bay Lightning. We have a trillion teams that show, yeah, if you're there, if you're floating around the top and you don't break through, you're probably in a good place and just trust that hopefully the breaks of the game will go your way at some point. So whether it's Gonzaga or Georgia or any of the umpteenth teams who have built up a track record that spans years or spans decades without a championship, there's really only one thing to keep doing. It's what Bill Conley said. The only way to break through is to just keep trying to break through. Keep fielding really good football teams, address needs as you find them, learn from setbacks, keep knocking on the door, and hope that fate smiles on you eventually. Thank you for listening to Sports with Chris Roll. If you have any themes you would like me to explore or would like to contact me and connect in any way, please email me at chris at ceo.com. Again, thanks for listening.